0: Crimson, joined as I am twice weekly during the football season by Travis Ryer of VamOnline.com. He is also the daily host of Southern Fried Sports Radio, which you can catch at 100.9 FM in Tuscaloosa, 11 to noon on weekdays. It's the Sunday night, recap to Alabama's 41 to nothing win over Mississippi State. We'll dive into that, though, of course. Uh, some quick notes for you uh, podbean.com of course our web host you can also get us on various apps including iTunes Stitcher, TuneIn and Google Play our Twitter feed talking underscore Tide and we want to thank Southern Alehouse, Heat Pizza Bar and of course North River Dental Associates three fine sponsors of the podcast. Travis a blowout for the Crimson Tide to move to 6-0 on the season not unexpected. I think Mississippi State has at this point established itself as the worst team in the SEC West, and they pretty much showed it on Saturday on Halloween night against Alabama. Shutout for the Crimson Tide, an Alabama defense that certainly played much better of late, but has had some big problems in various areas throughout the season. First shutout for Alabama since Guess who? Mississippi State. Two years ago in 2018, big night for the defense.
1: It was. It was one of those nights where you sort of anticipated this could be in the in the making, uh, because Mississippi State over the previous three games just absolutely abhorrent on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, you figured somehow, some way, the Pirate would come up with a field goal or points of some kind. It did not happen uh had a had a pass there in the second half right down to inside the five that looked like a catch for malik heath that was uh, ruled incomplete and upheld by replay and that was kind of the the extent of the threats for mississippi state's offense in the game but solid performance i thought the dime package we talked about it last week how this would be a a night, a game for the dime package with Mississippi State basing out of four wide receivers and saw some really good things from the perimeter of that defense with Malachi Moore at star and the two corners, Patrick Sertan and Josh Joe playing at a high level. Patrick Sertan with his first interception, uh, his first uh, score of any kind as an Alabama Crimson Tide performer and Brian Branch and that uh, money roll in the dime was really good as well. In fact, I think Moore and Branch were your two leading tacklers for Alabama Saturday night? Yeah, Mississippi
0: State with just two, excuse me, two hundred yards of total offense. Uh, KJ Costello goes out, got his bell rung. Will Rogers come in, comes in and and replaces him. Didn't do any better. We talked about uh, whether Costello would even start, uh, and it turns out that he did, and and Rogers had to finish things up for him. Uh, But the Alabama pass rush looked a little bit better, as it should have, given Mississippi State's leaky pass protection throughout the season. Chris Allen comes up with a sack, uh, and they got some heat on the quarterback. But really, uh, overall, uh, an excellent performance by Alabama's defense, a confidence builder as they go down the stretch, uh, looking ahead at LSU, Auburn, and uh, others on the forthcoming schedule. Um, Travis, your thoughts on the front, uh, the line, the linebacker play, you mentioned the secondary looked pretty good. Sertan, as you said, with a big play, how
1: about the, how about the big uglies up front? What'd you think of their play there? Yeah, I thought Fedarian Mathis, once again, did some really good things. It was largely a three man pass rush. You know, when Alabama goes with its dime stuff, you're typically going to see a maximum of two defensive linemen on the field, uh, because you're going to have six defensive backs. You're going to still. Have a couple of linebackers uh, in that look. But Fedarian Mathis, once again, with a sack and a couple of pass breakups, also had a quarterback hurry. So he sort of stuffed the production point sheet on Saturday night. He also saw Christian Barmore get in there. A couple of uh, quarterback hurries uh, on his behalf. He continues to do a nice job as well, getting his hands into some passing lanes on occasion. Uh, But those guys were solid. You know, they did what they needed to do. And, you know, when you look at it, nine pass breakups for Alabama in the game, and that wasn't just in the secondary, although Moore and Branch had a couple apiece. Um, As I said, Mathis was able to get his hands on a couple up front. And so uh, just a solid all-around performance. And, look, this wasn't a Mississippi State offense that was going to threaten you. Uh, You didn't really have to honor the -the between-the-tackles run game with uh with the air raid so that helped uh and you know we talk so much about offenses and especially passing offenses getting into a rhythm i think the problem for mississippi state right now is that they are so limited in what they can do within this offense that you see defenses get into a rhythm you know they just play zone and then they break on the football and they make tackles and you know break on the ball break up passes and uh They're not able at this point in year one under Mike Leach to make defenses uncomfortable, I guess, is what I'm saying.
0: going to take some time. going to take some time for uh, Mike Leach to get things rolling at Mississippi State, get the personnel he wants in there. He's he's got a couple of pieces, uh, but he needs more. He needs more explosiveness at the wide receiver position, no question about that. Uh, Year one, you're not going to have that from a program that, Rarely has it to begin with, but uh, a couple years, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the offense for Alabama will flip to that uh, big night once again for Mac Jones, four touchdown passes, uh, 291 yards, and uh, Devontae Smith just goes crazy. Travis' second 200-yard game of his career; he goes 11 for 203 and four scores. Uh, just a, a phenomenal night for the for the junior.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I guess you give Steve Sarkeesian some credit, but they're still able to get him matched up and some recognition by Mac Jones when it happens too. Because some of this involves, you know, a blitzing corner, and that leaves uh, Devontae Smith one on one with a safety over the top. You know, they still continue to get these matchups even without Jalen Waddle. You would think, and perhaps this is going to happen in the very near future, where. You put a safety over the top of him, and you don't blitz a corner, you know, underneath him, and and give him the opportunities that he had once again in this game. But uh, some about the Mississippi schools, man, you know that other 200 yard performance. It came against Ole Miss here in Tuscaloosa last year, went for 274 and five touchdowns. So, you know, Devontae very much on the way to you know putting his name at the top of some lists, not only with all-time Alabama greats, but we're talking about some of the very best to do it in Southeastern Conference history, Chase.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's one, and senior, by the way. I'm, I misspoke a minute ago. He's, he's not a junior. He's a senior. He decided to, to go ahead and come back. But, yeah, I, I, he does everything well, right? I mean, he, he can handle the 50-50 ball, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world. He plays big. He's got the speed to get deep. He can make people miss with the short stuff. He's tough as a blocker. There's not a hole in the guy's game anywhere, Travis, and, uh, except for maybe his size. But again, the way he battles for contested passes, he doesn't have, he doesn't have to be huge.
1: No, he is so consistent with his hands. Uh, nobody wins more contested balls that I can recall than Devonte Smith and, a tough dude. You saw it all on display Saturday night. He wins a couple of uh, plays over the top for touchdowns, but then you know in some red zone scenarios, not afraid to run the slant into the safety and and take on the contact that you know is coming. But you know, he's so good with his hands that his drop early in the game it was somewhat shocking to see because you just don't see this guy uh, miss out on some opportunities like he did on that it could have been five touchdowns if he makes the play there uh, in the first quarter. But uh, you're right. Just toughness. And that that's the thing when I get asked about him, I I think people think you're going to say dynamic or the hands the route running. Those are all great. But the thing that stands out to me and has is just the sheer toughness of this guy. You know, he's, he's, he's not above doing the perceived little things or the dirty work. Uh, that comes with playing that position.
0: No, no, not o- not only is he a tough blocker, but when he's hemmed in on the sideline, he'll he'll lower his shoulder, right? He'll he'll, mm-hmm. he'll get that extra yard wherever it might be, uh, and he's he's not at all afraid of contact for uh, for a smaller player. Big big night for him. Mac Jones on target once again. The running game sharp. Najee Harris, uh, kind of routine for him now to get a hundred plus yards. He goes twenty one for. 119 we also Travis got a a little bit more of an extended look at Trey Sanders who of course uh, missed out on his freshman year in 2019 uh, with a knee injury we've seen a little bit of him in spots late in games this year but he ends up with 12 carries in this game 82 yards
1: did some really nice stuff you're right we did see him in the first half and Nick Saban said afterwards Brian Robinson was a a limited participant apparently for Saturday night's game, a little nicked up. And so that opened the door for some extended usage of uh, Trey Sanders. Really liked a couple of back-to-back runs there in the fourth quarter on a drive that it looked like initially he had finished with a touchdown. They went to review, ruled that he was down uh, inside the one. Alabama wasn't able to get in from there. But he had back-to-back runs there of 25 and 21 yards. And that really gave you an idea of what this guy can be and what you really expected him to be last year before the injury. This was the nation's top ranked running back for the 2019 cycle. But those two runs and probably more so even the second one where he had a little bit of a jump cut and then some acceleration where he got up to top speed pretty quickly uh, showed you a couple of things physically he's where he needs to be in the return from that ankle injury. And in terms of his confidence in his health, that told you a lot because there was no hesitation with it. And so, you know, I think confidence as much as anything is the biggest thing with Trey Sanders right now. And it seems to be growing by the week, the
0: Alabama kicking game. We haven't touched that on uh, we haven't touched on that a whole lot this season, but quietly Travis, Uh, Will Reichard now perfect for the season, eight for eight on field goals, actually perfect uh, on all his kicks, 45 for 45, uh, eight for eight on field goals, 37 for 37 uh, on PATs, just a phenomenal year for for him so far. You talk about confidence. This is a guy who must feel like he can kick it right through the roof right now.
1: What I like about his kicks too, they all look good in the air. These aren't like, Helicoptering knuckleballs that he's getting lucky with. He is puring it right now, to use a phrase from golf with the Masters upon us here. In a couple weekends, he is he's he's all over it. It's it's uh it's fun to watch uh, because again, it, it's it's not like he's sneaking them inside left or right uprights. Uh, for the most part, it's center cut on these kicks, and you know he also did a pretty good job on kickoffs in the game Saturday night. Uh, handled all, but uh, uh, one of Alabama's eight kickoffs in the game. And I thought Alabama's kickoff coverage was better for the most part. You know, the punting game is still evolving. I guess you could say Charlie Scott got the the nod for the second straight week there in the punting game. Had a nice first punt, 46-yarder to get things going. That was his best effort uh, of the night. And it was interesting, too, Chase, to see, you know, this is going to be a, a big difference post Waddle and that's opposing punt teams, kicking the ball to Slade Bolden. You notice there wasn't a lot of fear from uh, Mississippi state in terms of kicking the football to Slade Bolden. So he got some opportunities. Uh, I think he averaged like seven yards a return on four runbacks on punts, but you know, he also had a 30 yarder there that he lost to a, a holding penalty. That was actually a pretty nice return. So yeah in terms of the kicking game, I thought it was uh it was very solid absolutely the Idol
0: week coming up, of course, two weeks ahead, Alabama looking at a trip to Baton Rouge they'll be heavily favored there, probably to be the first time in a long time that they've been heavily favored going to Baton Rouge, but that will be the case. Ida week coming up though first Travis uh your thoughts on what Alabama kind of needs to accomplish uh in this um in this idle week of Ray getting healed up, obviously that'll mm-hmm. be a priority for the training staff. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be an emphasis on the defense uh, in this initial practice week.
1: Yeah. You would Continue. think health it. Yeah. It's always about health and you know, a bye week is of considerable value to your younger players. When you consider the, the off season that you're coming off of, I mean, you're still trying to, uh, you know, get some teaching done and some, uh, you know, some work done with some younger guys that we haven't seen. Now we saw, I believe it was 14 or 15 true freshmen on the field for Alabama in the game Saturday night. So a lot of these guys have already played, but you know, there's definitely some, some value from a player development perspective, especially in this year, uh, from a health perspective that goes without saying, you're right. LeBron Ray will be an interesting guy to track. Seeing as how he's missed a couple of games now, um, and just getting this team ready for the the stretch run because uh, you go to LSU, you you look at Kentucky struggling on offense, Auburn. Who knows? Maybe Auburn found something. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, in the next segment. And you know, an Arkansas trip in early December that that might be tougher than we imagined uh, uh, originally. Yeah, I get further
0: and further away from my days as a UA beat writer. It's been seven years now uh, since I covered the team. But, but way back when, Travis, I, I do remember Nick Saban used to favor kind of using the idle Week as a almost like a fall camp style week of practice where the emphasis is very much on fundamentals and maybe on Friday, you start to see some scout team jerseys that give you an indication that, that they're starting to game plan a little bit and look ahead. But for the most part, uh, whatever practice they do in that first week is, uh, kind of a back to fundamentals week. Is it still that way?
1: Yeah, I think that's like we talked about. I think it's, it's probably even more the case this year. Um, uh, because a couple of things you're, you're coming off that six week straight grind of sec play, you know, um, you know, it's not unusual to, to have a pretty long stretch and you remember, I, I believe what we had two by weeks last year, right? So it was a leap year something like that. The schedule set up funky. Um, so it, conference only play uh, your veterans. This is a time to get them recharged and, and ready for that f- finishing kick uh, that is likely to take you right on through the SEC championship game um, so you're you're literally halfway home and absolutely the opportunity to to continue to work fundamentals because whereas some things have have improved I think I thought tackling was better in the game Saturday night the, the, there's still work that can be done in that regard as you you look to uh, uh, put in the finishing kick here Talking Tide Podcast at podbean.com, iTunes,
0: Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We're going to thank a couple of sponsors really quickly, starting with North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley and the great job that he and his team do over there. Easy to find. You're on McFarland Boulevard headed toward Northport. You take that quick dip right off uh, at, at Watermelon Road, and of course, you'll find North River Dental Associates in Fairfax Park, A quick right there on Watermelon, and you're in there right beside West Alabama Pediatrics. Now, they can do any kind of dental work you need at North River Dental the porcelain veneers, the pediatric dentistry for your kids, laser dentistry, dentures, dental implants. They do it all. The teeth whitening services, also something super popular. Uh, If you got a a wedding coming up, a big event, or something, you're trying to get uh, those pearlies to shine a little brighter. Teeth whitening services over at North River Dental Associates will get you taken care of. And on a routine cleaning, you are going to be in and out of there typically in under an hour. Your appointment's easily made. You can call 752-3506 or make an appointment online at NorthRiverDentist.com. It's North River Dental Associates.
1: I'm going to tell you about Southern Ale House out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Great, great stuff. Great lunch specials. Uh, you get in there, lunchtime, you're ready to go, You know, especially on a Monday, let's say. And they're going to take great care of you from start to finish. You're going to be greeted with a smile there at the host stand, the hostess stand. They're going to get you set up. Uh, they're going to take care of all the work. They're going to treat you in a first class manner. And then the food, it goes without saying, you're going to look behind the bar there and they're going to tell you about the daily specials as well. But, you know, you may have that prime rib sandwich that I've talked about. That's an option for you. You may have the fried chicken. It's outstanding if that's an option, by the way. It could be the coffee rub brisket that is on that daily special. And then, of course, the staples of that menu, whether it's sandwiches, whether it's plate lunches or dinners great great stuff there at Southern Alehouse 1530 McFarland Boulevard North also want to tell you about our friends at Heat Pizza Bar downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza centrally located great parking options plenty of parking right there at the central deck in downtown Tuscaloosa and then once you get inside boy Frank and the rest of that staff outstanding great pizza first and foremost that's the uh, obviously, that's what they hang their hat on there at Heat Pizza Bar. And whether you're more of a traditionalist and you just want a pepperoni or, say, a regular cheese pie, they can do that for you. You want to get a little bit out there, maybe uh, that Thai chicken pizza is the way to go for you. I'd say it definitely is. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, daily specials during the week on both pizzas, beer, and uh cocktails for you there at heat pizza bar downtown tuscaloosa at government plaza
0: just took the wife to southern ale a couple of nights ago and uh had that prime rib was outstanding and uh the wife likes Uh that strawberry jalapeno margarita they do over there real
1: good they can do it
0: yeah Mm -hmm. no doubt about it they uh they mix up some some great cocktails, both at Southern Ale and Heat Pizza Bar. All right, the Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. The Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide, Chase Goodbread, and Travis Ryer. Rounding around the SEC for a few more minutes, going to talk uh, a few more games around the league. I guess we start, Travis, uh, with this Halloween mess that Dan Mullen got himself into. Florida knocks off Missouri. 41 to 17 Kyle Trask with a big night, 345 yards through the air for him. Uh, But some fisticuffs on the field and, and uh, head coach for the Gators, maybe a little bit more in the middle of it than you'd like to see a head coach. Huh?
1: No, 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 Chase. He said he was trying to get his players back and off the field. He said, yeah, yeah, Dan. And you know what else? That way to me, Dan, Dan didn't go as just Darth Vader. Uh, for Halloween, after that statement, I'm gonna guess he was Pinocchio too, because his nose looked to be growing as he was saying that, giving that explanation there in the post game, uh, uh, opportunity with the SEC network. Yeah, you know, look, it was, uh, it was Dan Mullen. I mean, that's 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 Dan Mullen right there. That's that's Dan Mullen to a T. And then, of course, you love in the post game though. You know, the players, the players got a little heated. You know, watching the scenario unfold, I didn't see any of the players really getting into it until Dan Mullen ran his ass out onto the field. You know, that's when it really went to the next level. And then I think Dan at halftime realized, you know, what he had done. And then look, he makes an ass out of himself by kind of like, paying tribute to Mr. Two-Bits
0: yeah. there
1: before the half and in and, and getting the crowd hyped up and all this, you know? Um, yeah, it was, it was a joke. It really was. And it'll be interesting to see what the SEC office does. Dan, though, he tried to put it more on the players in a way, and it, it almost sounded like, look, okay, suspend a couple of our players. Just don't suspend me for Georgia yeah. coming up on Saturday in Jacksonville. That's the way I took it anyway. Is there any doubt that if Dan
0: Mullen was a pro wrestler, he'd be an all-time heel? An all-time <laughs> definitely wouldn't be a good guy, right? He'd be, he'd be the
1: guy with the foreign object in, in his trunks. Yeah, uh, uh, looking at Dan, I I think he'd be more like Andy Kaufman back in Andy's wrestling days uh, than somebody like Sergeant Slaughter or something. Okay, uh, I, I don't. Dan doesn't reek of physical uh, formidability, I guess is what I'm saying. But, um, no, I mean, look, it was, it was a mess uh, to use a, a phrase from a, a, an election year movie in the past. But, uh, again, it, it'll be interesting to see what Birmingham does with this because, um, there, there's no denying that Dan Mullen was much more of a, a his, his place in it was more of an accelerant Right. than a diffuser, okay? It, he next-leveled it with his, his actions on Saturday night in Gainesville.
0: 48-11, final score Auburn over LSU. I picked that <laughs> one wrong. I thought LSU was going to uh, get it done against the Tigers. Did not happen. Uh, really, wheels coming off for uh, Ed Orgeron now, two and three on the season are the Tigers, and really offensively, uh, it, I I don't think I can – ever remember one college football team going from so good to so bad offensively from one year to the next is what we've seen from LSU
1: and just one week to the next. I mean, this was an LSU offense against South Carolina the previous week looked like, Hey, maybe we've really found something in TJ Finley. Um, Maybe this is the guy. Maybe miles Brennan can just pretty much shut it down. Maybe miles Brennan needs to look for another place. Well, you know, we found out that wasn't the case. And, and, and I liked Auburn in the game. I didn't like Auburn by 37 points, obviously, but I did like the fact or what I thought to be the real possibility of Auburn, at least from a run game perspective, being able to produce more than I expected from LSU. And so, uh, turnovers obviously were huge and the L- and the Auburn defense deserves a lot of credit. I mean, that was an LSU offense again, that looked really good against South Carolina, but that probably now was mere fool's gold or just the fact that LSU at home is an entirely different team than it is on the road. So yeah, we've got something to follow with LSU coming up here in the next couple of days in terms of that quarterback situation. Can miles Brennan get back, but man, if they don't get some things right on defense, Um, you know, Bo Nix with a nice game, don't get me wrong, but when Bo Nix averages 12 and a half yards per attempt, not per completion, good bread per attempt, he averaged 12 and a half with three TDs and no interceptions. Uh, you got some real problems with that Bo Pelini defense.
0: Yeah. Auburn rushing attack, as you said, got a lot more done than LSU's, but Nix himself ran for. Uh, 80 yards yeah. and a touchdown tank Bixby, 71 yards, a couple of touchdowns for him. Auburn finished the game 200 plus yards on the ground. LSU finishes with only 32 yards on the ground. So definitely a whole lot more balance on the Auburn side of the ledger. And uh, uh, things continue to kind of fall apart for LSU. Auburn uh, moves to four and two on the season. So there you have that Georgia, Kind of nips past Kentucky, Travis, 14-3. to Not a lot of scoring in that one. Uh, not a lot of close games around the league at all during this week. You know, Ole Miss won pretty handily over Vanderbilt. But uh, uh, Georgia was in tight with Kentucky, at least for,
1: uh, for most of that game. Yeah, that was a game that it looked like for a while there they might get it wrapped up in two hours. It was like a Greg Maddox start, you know, back in the day. When he was with the Braves, you know, you could kind of set your watch on it, but both teams pretty much, you could say, committed to the run game. I don't think there was any doubt about that. Um, and I really like Christian Rodriguez, the running back for Kentucky. He runs hard. I mean, he had 108 yards on the ground against this Georgia defense, but, you know, Zamir White answers with 136. Uh, Stetson Bennett, a couple of interceptions. I think one of those was a tip ball once again from the 5'11 quarterback. Another one it looked like a receiver quit running, but he also missed a wide-open check down on that play. He does not like to go to his check down at all. And, you know, James Cook, just like he did against Alabama, comes up big with an explosive play uh, in the passing game. But no George Pickens at wide receiver for Georgia on Saturday. So uh, the, the Dogs attempted just 13 passes in the game against kentucky can georgia win this week against florida chase if stetson bennett attempts no no more than say like 15 passes can they just line up with that run game and that offensive line and then that defense and beat florida this saturday if uh if bennett has a another nine for 13 for 131 with two picks you know, I, I think Georgia is going to win
0: that game, and it's a gut feeling. It's certainly the way that offense is played, and, and played against Kentucky. You would think that, that that Florida offense and Kyle Trask would just kind of run away from them. I'm going to take Georgia in that game, and uh, with idle with uh, Alabama being idle this week, I guess uh, we won't be doing a podcast this coming Wednesday. So we could preview Florida Georgia real quick right now. I guess I'll take Georgia but it's not one I'm super confident in. Um I think that defense at the end of the day will get it done for the Bulldogs, but yeah, the 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 offense right now is is a real worry for for Kirby Smart. Who do you like in that game?
1: You know, I, before Mullen's stunt on Saturday night, I might have picked Florida, but the jackass factor with Mullen is so high. You know, anytime he pulls some uh shenanigans like this just like you know when at, at AM in the post game when he said oh i want 90 000 in the swamp next week yeah. for lsu well what happens like three days later he gets covid you know yeah. whenever he does something like this it seems to bite him squarely in the arse and it doesn't typically take long in coming back around no and so i'm gonna go with georgia just for that factor and i and i and i think florida's offense is is obviously more diverse Um, although Missouri did a good job for the most part against the Florida run game on Saturday night, Trask actually was Florida's leading rusher. And that was due in large part because of a 26 yard run he had in the game. Um, I know Florida feels like they're getting some important pieces back on defense, but I just can't discount the, uh, the jackass factor with Dan Mullen here. It's strong. And so I'm going to go with the dogs and, uh, in Jacksonville, you talk about a different scenario, a different setting. How about the world's largest outdoor cocktail party with limited capacity and social and social distancing coming up this week? That'll be different.
0: I don't think they're going to be social distancing in the parking lot, Travis. we <laughs> are going to be my guess.
1: Uh, some of those Florida and Georgia fans, I've seen it firsthand. Uh, they, they don't social distance so good with those right hooks and jaws sometimes no. before that game, too, you know. Not so, at all. We you and I have uh, both been to a couple of those affairs.
0: <laughs> gonna, do yes, for, gonna do it gonna do it for this edition of the Talk of Tide podcast. Uh we will take the week off as Alabama is when we come back. We'll be uh previewing the Alabama LSU game uh not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, just a few days before that game, and uh, looking forward to uh, doing that with you. So, for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you week after next, right here on Talking Tide.